and ages past, giants ruled the earth. But mankind was but a child. But that was long ago, before the broken road, when the sigils were one and the earth was whole. Some things are best forgotten. I'm Stephen Aaron Dinehart IV. Welcome to the Giant Lands Podcast, hosted by Amusement Sparks, with your host, Andrew Spawn. There's a couple times in, in everyone's life where these kind of random things happen, like you don't even know where your D&D books came from, or like your your parents just bought that Giants book on a whim, and it's had such an impact on you, you know, like I think back to my childhood and like getting my, my Game Boy Pocket was such a huge thing for me. I think to my, you know, my parents, it was like, whatever, we have to get this kid something for Christmas, so this seems to be what's in the catalog. Like, it just seems like there's these random happenstance things that are not intentional whatsoever, and they just happen. But they can make such an impact on your creative life and, like, you know, your artistic perspective. And it's it's so cool. I don't know. It's it's so random. It's just a roll of the dice, and that's how your character is formed. Like, in you know, not only in fantasy but in real life as well. It's like where your inspiration comes from is based on what's around you growing up, which is totally out of your control. So it's kind of yeah. a beautiful thing. No, it's really beautiful. And, um, you know, I've pontificated on it enough as other people have probably done way more than I have. But, you know, you know, fate versus free will. And um, I don't know. That's what I say with this is, uh, you know, it's I, I don't really have a choice in the matter. It's, uh, you know, e- even if I'm not successful, it's clearly something I have to do. I have to just do it and until it happens or absolutely cannot happen you said dice yeah of course so so you know dice were often uh treated as evil this is why uh in uh what's considered really one of the big board game renaissance uh renaissance is i don't know how you say that plural here in uh america with board games in the late 1800s um you don't see the use of dice, right? You, you're familiar with the game of life. You've got right. the spinner. The sp- spinner, exactly. Yeah. So dice were thought of as evil, right? These were things that sinners used because there, there's a certain evocation, like when you throw it in the air, like who are you praying to when you're praying to the dice? It's clearly the devil, right? Or it's like throwing um, bones or something in uh, voodoo. Well, those were the those are the original dice. Like around the world, they were knuckles. Yes. Uh, this is something I started teaching as a game design professor, you know, because I was able to get real deep into this stuff. Yeah, dice, dice were considered tools of the devil, right? And uh, good God fearing Christian people uh, did not use them because uh, there was a certain amount of witchcraft that was involved in it. Um, so yeah, you can argue with dice. You know, is this is this fate? You know, or is is this just physics? Right. And um, <laughs> and so you know, I don't know. You could argue that physics is fate, I guess. 
But yeah, there's, I don't know, so many things that happen in my life. I mean, even just running into you. I mean, you know, I had hoped for a lot more out of Gen Con and, you know, I tried to roll with the punches, but at least I connected with you and a couple other folks like Larry, uh, Larry Elmore uh, was someone else I met there at Gen Con who, uh, you know, I won't say Larry's a huge part of the project right now, but he's agreed to be part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to have his contributions as an artist because, you know, so much, uh, so much uh, came from him. It's, uh, again, just sort of what I have to do. So is it fate? Is it otherwise? I don't know. But uh, when I was younger, I was convinced uh, a lot more of free will. But um, at this point, it's uh, fate is like a magnet, you know, that pulls you towards it. Like there's maybe a script to follow. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I don't I don't think everyone lives out their fates the same. And, you know, this is uh, maybe getting uh, too deep, but that's for me where a lot of rebirth comes into very early in my life. um, I had this very deep understanding that if I did this right, if I lived uh, correctly, I wouldn't have to come back here. Sure, like transcendence type of thing, moving on to heaven, what have you. I For me, it came out of somewhere, I'm not sure where, it, just something I knew. And I, actually, no, it's not heaven. Um, uh, that That's a little too Christian for me. So, I, you know, I, I became a Buddhist later in life. So for me, it's it's really, you know, we're, we're talking about being bohidsattvas, right? And there's two primary schools of Buddhism, right? So there's one where, where you're able to escape through your own transcendence, but then there's the Mahayana. So what is it? The Saraveda and the Mahayana. And uh, within the Mahayana school, the whole idea is that you can't escape until everyone escapes. Um, and so as a Bohitsatva, which is just basically one of, you know, Buddha was a really high Bohitsatva. Um, so as an enlightened person, you sort of are, are forced to come back uh, until everyone is free. So, but yeah, as a kid, um, I didn't really have a lot of information for this stuff and I wouldn't speak of it, but, um, I had this distinct feeling that if I did this right, I wouldn't have to return. I think that's the important part that did this wow. right, did this right. Um, you I know, can get out of here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is deep. That's wild. But hopefully that can be yeah, a motivator. Well, that's what I think that's part of the fun of, uh, the Gary Con stuff and seeing what the Gygaxes are doing now in tribute to their father uh you know again coming coming back to the gary con thing is mm-hmm. you know gary is elevated onto the level of a saint and right uh or an angel yeah yeah <laughs> and um some people might say that's sort of perverse but i think there's a lot of truth to it because what that guy created with other people um, but what he led through TSR and, you know, worked at in his basement while bringing these other nerds on board to make this stuff with him was a, a new form of game uh, that mm-hmm. we haven't had as a species to our knowledge previously. And it's a kind of a game that um, has a lot of helped a lot of people to be free in ways that I don't think they would be otherwise. I agree completely with that. And it's it's ushered in like an era of, of self-expression and self-exploration and creativity and socializing that is a huge resource for a ton of people. Like the amount of people who have been, you know, whose lives have been improved through role-playing games is, is huge. It's awesome. No, absolutely. And, um, 
you know, it even blends over into, you know, a lot of these computer games, whether it's an MMORPG or a CRPG or, or whatever else, um, you know, you hear people doing the same thing and wow, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I used to ask a lot of folks because I'm not an MMO guy, uh, but I would ask these people that were really into wow world of Warcraft, I would say, so what, you know, what keeps you there? You know, what is it about this game that makes you want to continue playing? And oddly enough, it was the, the social features for these extremely introverted folks. They would say, well, I get together with a big group of people and we overcome a big obstacle together. Yeah. That's, it's a beautiful thing. You're working as a unit and, and basically kind of the, the whole point of work I guess, which I mean, this is getting metaphorical, I guess, or whatever, but it's kind of like a really good project that you're managing or something like I want to beat this raid. I need to call upon my best resources, you know, which humans can help me out with this? How can I use my social connections to to build a tribe that can go on this adventure? Like that's such a cool thing for humans in general, whether it's, you know, at the office or, or in WoW or whatever, or in battle, you know, like it's it's something that's always there for humans is we have this objective. I can't do it by myself. I need to become part of something bigger than myself and achieve the objective. Like it's powerful stuff. And not everyone gets to do that very often. in you know, this modern high tech world, but you'll see those same social patterns and behaviors continue to happen because we need them. I think. Yeah. Here you go. It makes me think of this, a tagline for a local uh, board game shop uh, here in Madison. It's their tagline on the back of the card is unplug, interact, reconnect. Beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. There's something so genuine about these kinds of gamers. And they tend to be the opposite of what people speak of relative to games and gamers these days. Because I think they're used to the Call of Duty crowd and whatever else. These people are really nice. And generally... They just want to have others there at the table to play. And they're not judgmental about what you are or who you are. And there's just a great acceptance that if you're willing to play with me, then I uh, I don't know. Like I, I have this respect for you as a human being, I guess. Right. We're all equals. Come sit at the table. There's a lot of, of really good, you know, like imagery in there. That's It's a welcoming place, and it's like, I I can't wait to explore my character, so I want to see who your character is so they can, you know, riff off of each other. Like, it's it's kind of, I want you to join my team. Like, it's a, it's a really cool moment, forming the team. You know, it's something I write about a little in my book and something that's really important to my life, frankly. So I went through this, like, horrible experience, uh, very traumatic experience uh, years ago. And uh, was having a lot of questions about life. And um, I had this buddy who's like a real wizard, you know, and I don't I don't know his rank or his society and stuff. But um, I mean, he you know considers himself a wizard and studies magic and he's really into the occult and all this jazz. But um, he, he was just my friend. He has this like shop up there in Minnesota where I was living. And um, one day he gave me a book. Um, by this guy, James P. Kars. Um And it's called From Finite to Infinite Games. Or Finite and Infinite Games, forgive me. Um, so Finite and Infinite Games, and this guy is a um, more into game theory uh, relative to uh, 
economic thinking, right? And uh, he divides the universe into two types of games. Finite games, which are played uh, for a, a winning state, usually agreed upon by the players themselves as to the outcomes. And then infinite games. Infinite games are about not ending the play. They're about pushing on boundaries and finding new spaces of possibility. Again, coming back to Gygax and really all those guys, they, they found new spaces of possibility together. And these guys were pretty hardcore, right? So these, these weren't our, our typical gaming executives these days. Um, and these relatively introverted people, although Giga Scary was the exception, um, around wargaming uh, created a new way for us to sort of push on the space of possibility within identity and life. And that is crazy. Yeah. Um, Huge innovation. Yeah. So for me, infinite games, you know, span as far as science and art themselves. Um, you know, finite games, I've never really understood. I'm not into finite games. Like, even with this, mm-hmm. like, my goal is not, oh, one day I'm going to sell out and be rich. It's uh, one day I'm going to see smiling children acting as characters. And those children may be adults. Uh, <laughs> uh, Everyone's a child, really. Yeah, we all got parents of some sort. And 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 and, and there's going <laughs> to be good. that moment where they are they're free, they're free outside of boundaries to to be who they are. And uh, anyway, so that's that's what really gets me jazzed about this stuff. That's awesome. My, my buddy who talks to me about this stuff, and I'm glad he remembers it better than I do. I met him on the bus in the third grade. Uh, we were going to an after-school program, and you know, we told our own little stories. And at the end of it, I said, "Hey, do you like to play Dungeons and Dragons?" And uh, that was sort of the beginning of it. And we would play them sometimes at our after-school program. You know, we played a lot of video games too and other things. But um, you know, one day he said to me, "Don't you think um, some of those things we did were maybe like..." a little too mature for us at our age at the time. And um, while I sort of agree with him, um, there's part of me that says, well, actually it was really healthy because yeah, we were being silly, probably super immature, but we were able to explore topics in a safe environment that at the end of the day probably made us better human beings. And uh, yeah, most people didn't understand it, uh, but the point is that we got to live through these experiences that had no consequences where we got to ask ourselves, what would we do? Right. You get to yeah empathize and experiment with what you would do in a safe environment where you don't actually have to go out into those situations in the real world, but you can do it philosophically and intellectually and, you know, define yourself a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and as kids, you know, we weren't you know, we couldn't process it that way, but, you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I was a female character. You know, we didn't really hang out with any girls at the time. So, you know, most of the time there were women involved. It was either the DM playing it or one of us playing it. And at the end of the day, you know, crossing over, you know, I don't like using the the word race because I don't believe in race, Hmm. uh, but it's uh, this concept that's really hardcore. And, um, 
in a lot of RPGs. It's used differently, but for me, I think it has the same roots. So I, I really try to steer clear of it. But we we could switch around races. We could become different types of people. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's that empathy card. We didn't uh, uh, we didn't think it was something wrong to do. It was just a natural extension of this uh, the system we were using to to play. And uh, you know, I think that's <laughs> you know one of my favorite things. You know, particularly even working now uh, with Jim, I'm just not a rules guy. I've never been a rules guy. Right. It's about the story. Yeah. Well, well, no, I, I think actually these old guys, that's actually, you know, maybe another topic for another time. It comes back to this narrative designer stuff. It always was about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had some me- some mechanics that felt pretty solid about moving it forward. So for me as a kid, though, I think a lot of times I just brush over those things. And at the end of the day, they were sort of a framework for us to just go on these crazy adventures and uh, push on boundaries. You know, I think as an, as infinite games, that's what makes these things so powerful is they're not about uh, bringing home a bunch of gold or, you know, telling all your friends, Hey, I'm, so I just broke the Guinness book of world records at, uh, you know, running a lap or um, I just got another Super Bowl ring. I'm another CEO that's uh, sold out and made billions or whatever it is. It's I had a, I had an amazing adventure with my friends, and we found something new. Do you want to come with us? And you know, together, perhaps we could find something else new. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Man, that's great. And uh, this uh, Friday, I'm hoping, we have our Black Friday Kickstarter begin where uh, you can get your first chance uh, to own a uh, Edition Zero of uh, the Giant Lands core game. Together, I hope we can find new places within the imagination where we can grow and expand our understanding of what it means to be human.